welcome to episode four of Parkrun Adventurers. It was a big weekend. We're very excited to have you join us. And joining me here today is my fellow adventurer, Scott. Howdy, everyone. So we had another country attendance record this weekend with 23,162 parkrunners across Australia. That's pretty impressive. We were also fairly close to topping the global record, which when you consider the fact that it's pretty damn cold in the UK and Poland and other such places, you know, good effort. It is getting cold. There's, there's some great shots coming out of Russia. I don't know. If you want to do a search on Instagram, there's a parkrun in Russia that puts up a lot of photos and they're, they're basically running in the snow. So I reckon if they get 10 people to their parkrun, they're doing a good job. I, I would have to agree with you there. Meanwhile, our courses, attendance records are breaking all over the shop. And I'm pretty sure that last weekend that would have had something to do with Australia Day and many events having Australia Day themed park runs, showing their patriotism and whatnot. Australia Day is also another time where local councils and state governments tend to show recognition to the volunteers around the country for the wonderful work they did in the previous year. I was fortunate enough to be at an Australia Day Awards ceremony this week along with all the event directors from the Sunshine Coast Park Runs and I know that Michelle from Ipswich Park Run, the founding event director at Ipswich Park Run was also nominated and received an award recently. So it's really wonderful to see our volunteers getting some recognition. I know none of them ask for it but it's wonderful to see when it happens. Scott, how great are volunteers? Volunteers are awesome. We have made it a bit of a theme of the podcast so far, but it's a worthy theme because without volunteers, parkrun doesn't happen. And and on that, my weekend was was pretty normal. I was run director at Gels, an event that I've recently taken over as event director. Um, it was a nice Christmas present to receive, but also challenging because I needed help to get that event up and running every week. And so I just called on my fellow parkrunners from Diamond Creek, from Lilydale Lake, from Westerfolds, and everyone without hesitation has jumped on board to support me and get gels kicking along so we can build that up to being an awesome event that it already is, but um, I think we can make it so much better because it's such a great setting. So, But it wouldn't happen without all these people saying, yep, Scott, I'll help you. I'll be run director. You know, I had Sonia O'Sullivan email me on Friday night saying, hey, I see you need a marshal. I'm happy to come down and marshal. Now, that's a world champion, world champion cross-country, Olympian, and she was the marshal at Gels on the weekend. So I don't think you get that at too many other running events around the world. An unsolicited email, or had you put the call out that you needed marshals? No, I didn't. I was just going to double up on a marshal. I was just going to see how we, we rolled on Saturday morning. And luckily for us, Sonia saw that we were short and she volunteered. Fantastic. I really love getting those middle-of-the-week unsolicited volunteer emails. You know, they, they just literally make a day, especially when it's been difficult and, you know, you don't want to constantly badger people to do their little bit to make sure the events happen. So when, when you just have the offers come out of nowhere, it's just, it's just magic, isn't it? Yeah. It is It is something. So as run directors, we are painfully aware that we do ask for volunteers a lot. It's simply because we need them. In some events, we need them to 
help out. We actually don't like doing it. So you're right. When we get that email, and after Saturday, I got like four emails of offering to help volunteer. That was after about another half a dozen people put their name down on Saturday. So I left the weekend just in love with my volunteers and really liking the event that we're forming at Gels. So once again, another good parkrun weekend for me. Awesome. And have we heard about Gels before? I don't think we have. What's the course like? Gels is really lucky. It's, it's set within a parkland setting where there's no roads, so we don't hear traffic. It's a two-lap course. Um, the first part of the course is all downhill, and then unfortunately the second part is all uphill. But you run around by a lake. It's really pretty. It's lots of green trees, no bridges, but um, it's still a great <laughs> event. Um, we're lucky to have shelter, toilets. There's a great cafe on site. So it ticks all the boxes. And I'm really happy to be part of it. I'm really excited to be part of it. It's in a really well-populated area of Melbourne where there are, I know there are lots of runners, but there are also just lots of people who just want to, you know, experience parkrun, get fit, get active, and I'll look forward to showing you when you come down. Yes. Hopefully you all listened to episode three where we talked about the launch of Churchill. We had talk there as our roving adventurer this week, and he caught up with another great volunteer down here in Victoria, Joe McCarthy. And what did you think of the Churchill course today, Joe? Oh, this is an amazing course for Victoria. Uh, it's uh, certainly something different compared to all the other Victorian courses. We've got challenging hills, um, beautiful parkland. Uh, it was it was tough, but I loved it. Joe, I noticed that you've done 41 different volunteers across a number of different park runs. What's your favourite volunteering role? Oh, look, I am actually one of the run directors at Ballyang, so that's where most of my volunteering uh, stints have been involved with. Um, but I really love... Uh, not that I've been able to do it much, um, but being a marshal or doing the scanning at the end, that way you get to interact directly with the park runners as they're participating or afterwards. Um, but yeah, any anything that where you get to cheer people on is great. Yeah, that's one of the big pluses with the park run, isn't it? The interaction with our runners. Definitely. Uh, I see today was your 144th run and you've done 34 <laughs> different courses. That's a sensational number of different places to go and visit. Have you done any international runs? I have done a few actually. Uh, my first international run was uh, Tollcross up in uh, Scotland, which was uh, just a, an amazing experience. Uh, I think it was about their fourth event, so um, love doing that. And then I um, went over to New Zealand uh, about 18 months ago there was meant to be a whole group of us going but uh, it, it didn't happen so I just went on my own and did uh, a couple over there and a few freedom runs over in New Zealand as well so I'd love to go back and finish them off that'd be great. Fantastic New Zealand's one of the ones on my bucket list I've just got to organise myself enough to actually get <laughs> over there and stop having all these uh, events around Australia to get to. With, with your parkrun experiences you've gone around what's some of the best things that you've enjoyed about parkrun? Look I've been doing parkrun since you know Ballyang's first event and straight from doing that one I was immediately hooked I just loved the whole atmosphere the fact that you know you didn't have to be fast runner that it was free um, and you could keep coming back doing the same run and trying to improve your times and then I just started to realize oh look there's all these other places you can go visit so I started doing the whole tourism bit and uh, just kind of set different goals. So it was my goal um, a couple of years ago to visit all the Victorian park runs 
And so now I've got to try and maintain that <laughs> with all these new launches happening. Um, and just the whole atmosphere of meeting now that, you know, go to, going to different park runs, you start to see the same people at launches. And just at my home park run, Ballying, the, you know, this group of park run buddies get together and go out for breakfast or we, you know, the French, the new friendships you make out of running is, is just fabulous. I think your um, goal of keeping up all the launches is fairly ambitious, especially with <laughs> at least three coming up in Victoria in the next month or so. I know, it does, does make yeah. it hard to be um, a run director and uh, go to launches, but... Um, we're pretty good down at Geelong. We sort it, sort it out and make a sure... great team. Yeah, yeah, it is a really good team down there. So where to next for Joe McCarthy? Where's oh, next week's goodness. park run? Next weekend, uh, I believe I'm coming... I'm staying at home. I think it's going to be my actual 100th run at Ballyang. Okay. So <laughs> we'll celebrate that. And after that... Uh, I think we're going to look forward to the launch, the, the next launch is coming up in Victoria. No worries, we have a couple coming up so in February, so it's yeah, a busy month. Wait. Cheers, thanks a lot Joe. No worries, talk. Super hearing from Joe. thanks very much for that talk. She is the epitome of a parkrun adventurer, a wonderful parkrunner who volunteers and gets around to other local and not so local events. Talk also managed to speak to Heather, who is the other co-ED at Churchill Park Run on the weekend, and here she is. So Heather, did you get to relax and enjoy the launch? You were run director today and you got to stand up in front of almost 160 people for the launch. Did you get to relax at all? Uh, I don't think I got to relax too much, but it was terrific to see so many people and so many faces of local people and people from other park runs just come and join us today, So, and all the different age groups. So. I probably enjoyed it toward the end as I saw that nothing was going wrong, everything was um, going well with the timekeeping and everything and people were well organised so I was delighted about that and certainly pleased when it was all finished and all come together well. It was definitely a very smooth launch the way it was conducted and it's a uh, Gippsland launch record for the number of people to turn up so you handled the big crowd really well. So as an Inverloch regular Parkrunner, what was the attraction starting up Churchill Parkrun? Uh, it's probably more that I felt Churchill really and District really needed to come together more as a community. I think we, um, and we've talked with a lot of the community groups here, a lot of people don't know each other, aren't well connected, it's a changing community and anything we can do to bring people together um, and support one another, get to know another and, and get fitter, uh, we thought would be a really good thing and there was a number of us that um, really enjoyed the camaraderie at Inverloch and the people that we've met and the new people we've met which we wouldn't have in any other environment um, and the park run provides that as well as getting fit and that encouragement it provides to everyone else and we thought that would be a really good thing for this community and certainly the feedback today suggests that we're on track with that that a lot of people get a lot out of it and that that's a good thing and we'll We'll aim to try and get people to get to know one another more and get to know yep. new people. So Inverloch, the way Inverloch is run and the atmosphere that's set, I think is just superb and I love Inverloch and it's going to be hard to, <laughs> to not... I mean, I'll have to continue going over there occasionally because it's just you know, part of my community too. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see you over there, but it was really great to see people sitting around talking after the event and no-one rushed off, everyone just stayed and chatted. It was really fantastic. So I see you've done 40 runs and 14 volunteers. What's your favourite volunteer role? Um, 
probably uh, around the stopwatch at the end when people are coming in and trying to urge people along. I tend to give a little bit of cheek at times <laughs> as people pass and that, but uh, encouraging people to finish off well, it doesn't matter. I really enjoy all the roles. I think they're all really good because you're interacting with people and, and um, seeing people just really do their best and enjoy themselves and it doesn't matter what they do or how they do it, it's just a matter of trying to help people get to the end on that day and feel good about themselves. So anything around that, but I do like giving a bit yeah. of cheek every now and then. Around, around Gippsland you'd definitely be known as the lolly lady. Every park <laughs> run you've been to you turn up with a big tub of lollies for everyone. Was it uh, nice to see a few people turn up with tubs of lollies for your yes. park run today? Oh look, that was just something special and um, Heather Sullivan posted that she was bringing some lollies. I thought that was just just beautiful. <laughs> so, uh, and it's funny because I don't eat a lot myself, and I'm in a bit of a health freak. And um, that, but I know that people do like them, and it's good after a run to to have that bit of energy boost back, or to have a couple before the run. So we had that and bananas today to balance it out to make sure we had the health, the healthy <laughs> thing going, and and that's a good thing. But it was just lovely, um, the support and things, those, those little things that that people think of to help and support you, I think are the things that make it really worthwhile. Great to hear from Heather, as you said, the other half of Churchill Parkrun. And thanks heaps to Talk. We really appreciate the work that our roving adventurers have done so far. It's really easy to do. So if you want to get involved, if you want to be part of the show, we would welcome your contributions. So as long as you've got a phone, a smartphone with a voice memo app on it, just turn it upside down, treat the phone like a microphone and you're all set to go. You don't have to edit it, you'll just send it to us, send it to our email address which is show at parkrunadventurers.com. We might use it, we might not use it, we might save it for later on, but we really appreciate any efforts that our roving adventurers will put in for us. We are super excited to welcome our next special guest. He's a territory director in the region of Runners. He was part of the Russ and Robbo duo from the former Parkrun Show Australia. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Robbo. G'day, guys. Great to be on the show. And I tell you what, after three and a half episodes, you guys are absolutely killing it. And uh, yeah, Russ and I, we've been listening closely and following it and, and loving what you guys have done so far with the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. So. Keep up the good work. Oh, we're chuffed. That's high praise. Oh. That is very high praise. You're, you're a social media master. You've got the Naked Runners with Mossy. Yes, yeah. I don't know if master's the word. Um, uh, addict is certainly a, a, a correct word. But um, look, yeah, look, spread the love around. That's what I say, Scotty. And, you know, just trying to get more people moving more often and, and using a few little vehicles, not just parkrun, but... Yes, the Naked Runners, and we've got a little podcast over there as well, which you're invited to come and check out. And uh, and yeah, Mossy and Robbo as a commentary duo. So uh, at the moment, I'm actually calling not from the region of Runners, but from down, you know, well, in the southern reaches of the region of Runners, a little place called Sydney, which you might have heard of. So um, just down here for the for the next day or so. So tell us about what's what's happening in Parkrun in Newcastle at the moment. You call it the region of runners. Give us a bit of a history behind that because I'll tell you, as a Melbourneian who has produced a lot of elite runners, how did region of runners come about? <laughs> yeah, it's a very good question. I thought you might uh, ask that 
Uh, goes back to a little while ago, there was a documentary came out about a little place in Ethiopia called Bakoji, and the documentary was titled Town of Runners, and it was all about how this uh, little village was producing a lot of the world's best distance runners, and there's pockets in Kenya that can claim the same sort of thing. So, um, yeah, a few of our uh, of the running fraternity in Newcastle, we got to watching this, and we sort of thought, oh, we could call this place the Town of Runners. It was about the time that uh, Parkrun was starting to blossom on the scene, and, and running was certainly growing, so we... We didn't mind that name, and then we thought, oh, what about you know a bit more of a catchier, uh, unique name, and, and it's known as the Hunter Region, and so we just thought the natural progression is to call it the Region of Runners, and it sounded a bit funny to start with, but it, we found that it, we just kept using it and using it. It started to stick, and I think it's safe to say now it's pretty much uh, it's made it into Australian running folklore. If you pick up a, a copy of Run for Your Life magazine, it's used in there every now and then, and... And certainly within Parkrun, that's probably where it's become most famous, I guess. So, um, yeah, if you're wondering where it is, it's a little, well, it's a region geographically positioned north of Sydney, about 160 k's north of Sydney, maybe not even that. And it takes in uh, Lake Macquarie, Greater Newcastle, Port Stephens, and then Maitland, Singleton, and Cessnock as well. So it's a pretty big region, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're, it's, it's booming. In terms of the Parkrun movement, um, it really is flourishing and, uh, Nui was our first event, but uh, happy to say that we're about to launch number 12 uh, this coming weekend. So um, if you're interested in coming for a little holiday in the region of runners, you've got to stay for about 12 weeks unless you're here over Christmas to um, to get all the, all your runs in. So, Robbo, tell us a little bit about the launch that's coming up this weekend. What, what event would that be? Yeah, so it's called the Terrace Park Run, and it follows a bit of a trend within the region of runners to, I guess, give a bit of a slang name to to our event. So um, it, it comes from Newcastle Parkrun was obviously taken by the one in the northeast of England. So we went with Newey, which is the nickname, and uh, Lake Macquarie Parkrun, well, that was a bit long, so they abbreviated that to Lake Mac Parkrun. And this one, uh, the Terrace Parkrun, it's going to be held in a place called Raymond Terrace. It's about 20 minutes uh, north of Newcastle. And, yeah, it was decided to call it the Terrace so uh, affectionately known, that's what the locals call it. And a very pretty little run there, pretty flat and right on the on the river. Um, like a lot of our park runs around Australia, uh, it features a body of water and uh, we run alongside it. And it's a it's a double out and back course and uh, set to be set to be a cracker. And I would expect, you know, I don't know if it'll be the it'll be the match of say your Siramay Winery park run launch, but I reckon it'll be uh, north of 300, maybe 400. So we'll see how many uh, people turn up on, on Saturday. Well, can you tell us about the Beaches Park Run? I think that's got a lot of people's interest. Yeah. It is 100% on beach, on soft it sand. Is. It is, yeah. Beautiful beaches in Newcastle. It starts in front of Bar Beach Surf Lifesaving Club and it runs up uh, south to Merriweather Surf Club, comes back, and then you get to do it all again. And, um, look, it's it's pretty. It, it, it's, it's what it says on the tin. It's on the beach. And with that comes a lot of variations, variables, I guess, and the the tide can really spit up a a very, very challenging run. It's if you get the high tide and you're and you've only got soft sand to run in, um, I you know it's as hard as some of the hillier park runs around the place, park runs like Black Butt, um, which is our sort of hardest and hilliest run in the region of Runner. So you can have that, and then maybe you know you you pick it with a nice low tide and it's hard compact sand and it's. it's not too bad. So it's interesting to see who keeps the shoes on and who takes the shoes off and 
who's trying to keep their toes and shoes dry and sort of tiptoe around as the waves come up and who just goes straight through. So it's um yeah, it's a lot of fun. People I think they like the the change as much as anything and it hasn't been um, one of the bigger park runs, but that's been nice as well, just to have a small community and uh, and loyal community. And I think yeah, people have enjoyed coming and, and trying it out and just experiencing the challenge of, of having to spin those wheels in the especially in the soft sand. What's the pro tip? Shoes or no shoes? Go without shoes. You know me. If I've got a, a podcast called The Naked Runners, it's all about getting the feet naked. And um, look, that's a great excuse to do it. If if you've got feet that aren't used to, I guess, being outside the shoes, best to sort of take it carefully. And certainly if you've got calves that aren't used to running that way as well, um, you can expect to have them wake up a little bit maybe at the end of 5Ks. But uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty of people that will gear themselves up to run the beaches park run they'll, they'll go and do some soft sand running say in the week or two leading up to it so that they're getting a bit more accustomed to it and get the body used to it um but no for me scotty get the get the skin on the on the sand feel the sand between the toes splash around in the water um that's half the fun of it and then you know you literally you cross the finishing line you're, you're sweaty you're covered in sand and you just dive into that pacific ocean and it's one of the best experiences post park run that you can find so, Robbo, you mentioned the tides obviously vary from week to week. Is this something that the event team publish, um, you know, predicted tides or high tide, low tide times um, weeks in advance or do they yeah. it at all so people can sort of know what to expect? Well, I think they don't want to scare too many people off, so they don't they don't go publicising it too much, I don't think. I, I know I was help, helping the event team when it was launching and I did actually go and research the tides and, and stuck that um, – the tide charts up for the next 12 months just within the uh, the event team's uh, Facebook group. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think that is up to the park runner to do the research, to know what they're in for on a given Saturday. Um, and not only is it the tide, but, yeah, sometimes if we've had a big storm come through, which we have had in the last 12 months, you know, half the beach can have, can have eroded away sometimes too and you're, you're left with a bit of a precarious uh, run. And it has actually been cancelled a few times just due to safety so um yeah look there's there's a few elements to, to battle with but yeah look i put it to you the uh the park runner listening right now if you want to really taste get a taste of adventure don't worry about the tide charts just turn up and run with whatever there is there okay we've added it to the list our list Good. is getting very long <laughs> it's definitely on there you've got another challenge in the region of runners that i like more park runs than a fast food athlete <laughs> yes, How yeah. Are we going this, with that challenge. Look, we're we're pegging them back. So, um, yeah, for those that aren't aware of it, yeah, the the famous Golden Arches. You'll know who I'm talking about. Um, we we just had a fun challenge one day. We thought, oh, I wonder how many uh, park runs there are versus that particular restaurant. And we did the maths, and um, a little while ago, it was I think it was something like twenty eight to six or seven, um, in favour of, or not in favour of park run. Look, we're clawing them back. So I think. This Saturday, I'll have to go and check it again, but this Saturday, the score, I think, will be 30 to 12. So given that, you know, three, four years ago, um, it was a whitewash to one side, we're, we're slowly pegging them back. And look, it's not a judgment on whether you are pro um, this particular restaurant or not, but it's just uh, an observation that, you know, if there's as many of those, well, let's have as many park runs and give people the opportunity to maybe um, get themselves moving and, and burn off some of the um, the easy calories that we put away sometimes. So yeah, look, it's it's been a, it's captured people's imagination a little bit that challenge, and um, I'm tempted to make a little shirt of it at some point when when we do finally um, topple them. So 
we'll see. You know, obviously we want a nice controlled growth of park runs in the region, but I think there's still plenty of areas where it can expand. Um, and I'm looking at uh, Cessnock and the wine region. We've had, um, you know, welcomed some park runners out there at, uh, a little while ago. It was a, it's a great area, and I think we'd love to see a park run out that way too. So maybe with the Cirame, uh launch, we might see some more places catching on with the with the running and and, uh, and wine industry. Yeah, I think it's the next trend in park run. She's going to be the wine run. <laughs> Is it a bribe? It's almost bribing people, but look, whatever it takes to get them there, get them running, and um, you know, if we if we reward them with a, a coffee or a or a half a glass of champagne at the end, well then so be it. We'll get we're going to get this country moving. Yeah, I just think it's a beautiful setting for a run, yep. regardless of whether you have wine for breakfast or not. Yep. I want to run through you know, grapevines, beautiful hills. Yep. Not to mention the fact that red wine has antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties. So technically, Proven. it's good for you. Proven. Yep. Resveratrol. There'll be people enjoying some of that right now, um, maybe even before their park run the next day. So, yeah, look, I think there's a lot going for it, guys. Yep. This podcast is fueled by it. So <laughs> and if I recall, my last PB was following a night with red wine. So, <laughs> Well, it's one thing that Russ and I never was able, were able to do was land a uh, – a red wine sponsor for the show, so maybe you guys are heading in the right direction. I'm prepared to take up that challenge. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm willing to try all all the the vineyard, the wine. No, the vineyards. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, I'm well, willing to try all the vineyards. Well, while you're while we're talking about it, next time you're down in Adelaide, uh, down in the Adelaide region, and I think it's in Clare Valley, there is a brand, a label called Naked Run Wines, and uh, we use that as the prizes for some of the Naked November. Uh, campaign that just went uh, at the end of last year. So, yeah, check that one out, guys. That might be your first one, so I'll put a good word in for you. Good. We need a Clear Valley Park run. I know they've been working on one for a while. Well, look, they so. might be the guys for it. I'll have, I'll come down to the launch. Have we still got the lead yet? No. You guys got the, you guys got the keys for that yet? Your show disappeared. Oh, I'll have to dig out the keys. I think I had a spare key. Russ has got the uh, the master. I believe Donna Danella's got it in a hangar in Marimbula. Ah, that's perfect. That's last scene, so. Well, that's, that's good. All right, well, we'll have to track it down. There's a pilot down there at least, so that's good. And after we get one in Clare Valley, I think we need to move to the Barossa where they've got a winemaker called Soul Growers. They do spell Soul differently, but I think we're willing to make the compromise. Uh, it's making a lot of sense. Thanks for joining us, Robo. Absolute pleasure, guys. Keep up the good work. I can't wait to follow you all the way to episode 100 and beyond. Okay, joining us now, we're going international. We're joined by the Irish country manager, Matt Shields. Hi, Matt. Scott, pleased to meet you. Likewise. It's good that we can connect this way to parkrunners in Ireland. What's parkrun like at the moment in Ireland? A bit different weather-wise in particular? Uh, yes, it's very different. We're in the throes of winter here. Uh, just before Christmas, we had a lot of rain, a lot of flooding, a lot of events cancelled. Uh, things were quite kindless last week, so, you know, we're maybe heading towards better times. When you cancel an event in Ireland, what are you dealing with? You mentioned flooding. What else do you have to worry about? Uh, our biggest concern in the winter usually would be frost and ice, so it would um, that Black ice is really the killer. Black ice takes out a lot of events. Uh, but this year we have had a lot of very, very heavy rain, record rainfall and high winds. So we have had uh, 
course is blocked, maybe trees down, and we've got a lot of courses that are flooding. We had uh, one inaugural event that was due to start quite recently that was underwater for four weeks and only actually just got started last week. That's wow. Not, yeah, that's not an ideal way to start your event, is it? We were a wee bit concerned that when the water went down whether we'd still have a course, but uh, we, we had one. It was okay. <laughs> it was mucky, but it didn't do any damage. Can I just ask, Matt, do your courses mostly um, have actual asphalt or, or concrete paths or are they sort of more trail courses? The early, the first few to set up here were Eichfeld and that proved very popular and it took quite a time to really get the concept, you know, park run and get trail courses in but increasingly now what we're seeing is more and more uh, off-road type forest trails, grass, we're seeing that coming in more and more, and I think it's really because the parks are getting harder and harder to find. So it is. But to start with, yes, it was all tarmac. Uh, now it's a good mixture, and it's getting better. So how many events do you have in Ireland? Uh, 45 events at the moment. So we have and maybe about another three or four in the pipeline. Okay, so it's growing. What impact? I read about the National Activity Plan. What impact has that had on Parkrun Island? The National Activity Plan is uh, initiative by the Department of Health, and the Department of Health are really our major supporter. Uh, from the early days, they sort of saw the potential of parkrun to get people of all abilities out into exercise, so they come on board, they talk to us. They have support us right down the line. They've opened the doors with a lot of other organizations and people, so they haven't introduced us to a lot of tables. The National Activity Plan is really just formalization of what they do, what Healthy Ireland does, and Healthy Ireland would be our major sponsor and supporter. Would Operation Transformation come in under that, or is that something that's been more of an initiative from Parkland's side in Ireland? Uh, no, the, the Operation Transformation is actually a, it's a TV program, and it's a TV program that's aimed at getting people into activity again. It's the same objectives as what we would have, but Basically, it is, an, it is a TV program. It's closely associated with the Irish Sports Council, and it would also be supported by Healthy Ireland as well. So Healthy Ireland is like an, an umbrella. It's the Department of Health. It's the overall overseeing body. And within that, then, there's various strands. There's the Sports Council trying to encourage people into activity. There's Park Run, so we act as a venue. And then there's Operation Transformation, which is this TV online program that essentially markets getting people into activity for a six-week period. Now, what they've done this year is that since we all have the same uh, current body or we have the same uh, body over overlooking us, they said, look, could we all work together? And that's basically what has happened. So Operation Transformation has suggested to people in their six-week program that they use park runs as one of their weekly sessions. And when it comes to the graduation on the 20th of February, they hold on a graduation event. It's for 5,000 people in the Phoenix Park in Dublin. That actually sold out within 48 hours. So what they've said to people is that if, if you didn't get into the graduation event on the 20th of February, you won't do your graduation at Parkrun on the 20th of February. So what we have seen over, say, the last four weeks is that our participation numbers have went from around 3,000 the next week was 5,000-something, uh, then it was 7,400, and this week it's 9,200. 
That's phenomenal. <laughs> it, it, it is absolutely phenomenal. But it's the power of uh, it's the power of TV and it's the power of marketing, and also the type of people we're talking about here are the type of people that you know they feel comfortable in numbers. So the more the numbers grow, the more people there is, the more like people that there is at the events that are walking, jogging, walking. You know, the more confident and the more comfortable they feel coming to the events, and so the numbers grow. You have to be happy with that kind of support. You've got government on board and you've got mainstream media on board as well. It, it, it really is uh, fantastic. And, you know, by ourselves, we could never have grown participation to 9,000 within such <laughs> uh, probably up to years. And it, it is really, really fantastic because it is really bringing the people to Parkrun that we really want to engage with, people that are trying to get in activity, trying to run their first 5K trying to get into an active lifestyle. So it's it's fantastic. It brings the right people and it brings them numbers. I, I hope that at the end of the six week T V program that, you know, I, I don't imagine that we'll retain the nine thousand, but it'd be nice that we can retain a substantial part of them. Oh, I'm sure you will. I mean six weeks is certainly enough time for people to develop a habit and to really get a taste of what we do at Parkrun. So I'm sure it's the same in Ireland as it is here in Australia. You know, People get hooked very quickly. So you might need to launch a few more events. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we might, we might need bigger parks. Uh, yeah, I, I think the key thing is what you say is that people will get a taste of what we do. So it is that, that these people will feel that this is a place they can come to and that they, feel that they can be comfortable, secure, and... Well, time will tell. Uh, some of the parks are, you know, we had, our, our parks wouldn't be massive. So we, we're not talking over here about events where we can accommodate a thousand people, but we had nearly 800 in Marley now, a couple of weeks running. We had, I think, over 500 in Cork. So we had last week. It, it really does, the events are working at capacity. Pretty impressive numbers. Yeah. Uh, it, it raises it raises its headaches, but they're they're nice problems to have. Have you come across any Aussie park runners? We would get quite a few tourists. We would get masses of tourists, and in all sorts of strange places. Uh, we we have a lot of small community park runs right up the west coast of Ireland. Uh, some of them, like Burr Island, is one in particular. It's on an island. You have to get a ferry to run it, and there's been people turned up on Burr Island from all over the world. And we would regularly see Aussie visitors. So we would we'd see tourists and visitors from all over the world, everywhere, turn up at the Irish park runs in the summer. What's your marquee event? What's the one, if if someone was coming over, what, which event would you say, oh, you've got to run this one? That'll give you a good taste it, of Irish park run. Uh, Scott, I couldn't fall into that one. That lynch me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> top three? We like top three. <laughs> so it is. Actually, uh, I've got a bit of an alternative top three. What are the top three events that tourists or parkrun adventurers would most likely see a leprechaun? <laughs> uh, parkrun events that will give you a flavour of Ireland. Uh, you know, if you go to Bear Island, Bear Island is something special. It's really the community feel. The big thing in Ireland, I think, and I think the thing that is maybe pretty strong over here is this community ethos that... The people all feel as one and pulled together. And Bear Island, for my mind, is really fantastic. It's an island that has a population uh, of under 200 people. 
And every Saturday morning, a big percentage of the island all come together for parkrun. Some of them can run, some of them can't. Some of them just like to come down and help and volunteer and uh, marshal. But it, it's really just about being there. It is a community event. It's not the run is incidental. <laughs> and uh, they all then retire to the coffee house afterwards where they sit in for maybe a couple of hours. Uh, it, it has to be quite an experience. Uh, Sounds like it. That one's going on the list. Have you ever been to Australia, Matt? My daughter lived in Melbourne for uh, just over four years. So I was out there a couple of times. So it was over the festive season. And uh, I've actually run Melbourne Park Run a few times. Yeah, so you ran Albert Melbourne busy. Yeah. Yep, around the lake. Yeah. Uh, we come out, the first time we come out, we travelled about a wee bit. It was in Sydney, Melbourne. But I uh, spent quite a bit of time running around Melbourne, certainly in the second period. But really enjoyed it, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Matt. It was great to hear stories from Ireland and it was also great to hear an Irish accent on our program. We really appreciate it. Hope to visit or adventure over in Ireland soon. Well, if you're coming, be in touch. There'll be a warm welcome. So having a look around the social landscape this weekend, we had a few comments and photos shared with us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. One I liked in particular was from Kelly Underwood who shared a group photo of the crew that was celebrating Dribra Lake's anniversary this weekend with an orange theme. It looked fabulous, the orange. Seriously, such a good colour. I don't see any Oompa Loompas there, Scott, though, so obviously a little bit of room for improvement. Yep. We go, We questioned, well, I questioned the orange theme, but I agree with you. The photos looked great. I love a colour theme. I think it, it allows everyone to get involved, and orange was a great choice. So well done, Bibra Lake, and congratulations on first your first anniversary. We also had underscore PK, who ran his first park run at Mount Barker Parkrun, and he hashtagged Parkrun Adventurers. He survived his first ever parkrun and loved it. What a surprise. And the Mount Barker course is just beautiful with a bunch of runners, walkers, with a great bunch of runners and walkers. Bring on next Saturday. So he's hooked after one event, so well done. And obviously he's got his priorities in order because he's already listening to the podcast and hashtagging Parkrun Adventurers. Yep. He's all over it. Another one who's all over it is Dad Athlon blog. He was very clever. He dressed in orange and tagged Parkrun Adventurers but didn't run at Bibra Lake. So special mention to him. He explored Phillip Island Parkrun. Do we have any anniversaries this week? We do. We have Tambourine Mountain celebrating their first anniversary in Queensland this weekend. That's a fabulous park run. It's another trail park run, which is beautiful. Tiniest little creek crossing ever, but it's gorgeous. Is it tough? It sounds tough. It has list, been listed on several park runners' top five most difficult park runs. I wouldn't put it in my top three, but I'm... I, I'm used to a lot of elevation on my trails, so I'm, I'm not sure if I'm the best person to ask if it's tough. Do they get many people at Tambourine Mountain? Is it a big event or is it...? I believe it gets quite a few tourists, but relatively speaking, it's a smallish event, so a nice close-knit community there of runners. 
Cooks River are also celebrating their first anniversary. Another very original theme. Can you guess it? Have a think. Cooks River. There's your clue. Cooks. Um, cooks. Is, oh. oh, they're not going all as master chefs, are they, Scott? Oh, close. They're going with an apron theme. Oh, aprons. That's great. It is. That's a clever one. Again, another one that everyone can get involved in. Easy to run in an apron. This is true, and, you know, if you were so inclined, you could always undo the apron strings from behind and turn it into a cape by shoving it over your shoulders backwards. Great work. Look forward to seeing the photos of hundreds of people running in an apron. I hope they remember to wear their running clothes underneath, that's all. Oven mitt? You could just be running along with your oven mitt. I'm hoping also with clothing in that situation. Yeah, clothing optional. (laughs) Might get more people there or might scare more people away. Who knows? So well done, Cooks River Parkrun. Next week on the show, we're going to welcome back the boss, Tim Oberg. So we want questions. Last week it was, well, last month, it was just you and me asking him the questions. Now the forum is open to all our parkrun adventurers. Send us some questions. We'll put them to Tim. So we'll put a post up later in the week so you can comment with some questions for him or you can email or tweet us. It's over to you guys. So we're looking forward to that. And we'll also be adventuring to South Australia next week with our guest, ED. We're not going to tell you who she or he is because it's going to be a surprise. Well, you've got me intrigued. I'm looking forward to that because we haven't heard from our South Australian friends yet. So we're done. That's it for this week. Yeah. We could stay longer, but we can't. Don't forget to keep us in the loop during the week, guys. Hashtag Parkrun Adventures, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all over the place. We want to see what you're up to. And if you, in your run briefing, the run director says, do we have any first timers here? Yes. Do we have any tourists here? Yes. If they say, do we have any adventurers here? You make sure you put your hand up and you shout yes. Otherwise you might break some poor man's heart. Yes. So do that for me this week and we'll catch up with you all next week. Bye. Yes. Bye. But maybe see you at Parkland.